Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, and Ryan Pay, all here with you again to discuss Pistons basketball. And well, we've been on a little bit of a break, some scheduling conflict, and well, also a five-game skid to go with just a... A tough watch Detroit Pistons basketball team right now. But boys, before we start talking Pistons, before we get into maybe some more the the doom and gloom of the pod, how we feeling right around Christmas time here? We're reco- recording here on Christmas Eve Eve following the Pistons loss to the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, you know, 16-point <clears throat> loss at home. But boys, we ready for Christmas? Got your shopping done? How we doing? Shopping's not done, uh, not yet. But I think some some Pistons fans, uh, it might be uh, getting a a, a a Christmas gift that they really wanted with uh, the way the Pistons have been playing. Those people that have wanted the Pistons to blow it up, they may just be getting their wish pretty soon. Wow, I wasn't Yikes. expecting him to go, you know, all sad with the Christmas stuff early. But, I mean, I'm fine. Christmas stuff's all taken care of. Uh, you know, we've been away for a minute. But at the same time, if Aaron's going to get a little gloomy, so will I. There's been nothing to talk about anyway with Seriously. this Seriously. So, it's not like we missed anything. You know, we've been in a spot where there's been a couple scheduling conflicts with trying to figure out the, the record date and what we wanted to specifically talk about and... Detroit went out. They won two of three when they had the the stretch of the Pelicans and then the Mavericks and then the Rockets. They did what I implored them to do at the end of that last pod: go out and do something. Beat one of the Mavericks or the Rockets, yes. and they go and beat the Rockets. And they won the must-win game off that beautiful D Rose late yes. bucket to win it. Yes, they did what we asked. It was like maybe things were gonna like. Find a way to work out. Maybe. It was like maybe they were finding a groove, and then no, th- nope, nope, and it just nope. Took whatever a the hell is happening, dive off a cliff, <clears throat> just all the way. Absolutely brutal. I mean, yeah, we didn't have a podcast last week, partly because of schedule conflicts, and the other half of it was, who the hell wants to talk about this right now, and who the hell wants to listen to it, right? You know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I know. What are we doing right now? But, but here we are. Here we are, following a 125 to 109 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers at home, and, and the Pistons right now are a team that they battle, they stay in games, and then there's that one run that just separates them from their opponent, and, and the opponent pulls away. And you know it's coming too, right? You know, like you know it's going to happen. Yep. So you can't even get excited about what you're watching or be really in tune with what, what you're watching. It's really just a lot of apathy at this point. Like, eh, just here to watch it, I guess. It's it like doesn't really matter. This Pistons versus Sixers game, I think at one point it might have been 41-40 or 42-41, something of that ballpark. Pistons had a lead 
midway through the second quarter. Then all of a sudden, a minute to go before halftime, at 60 to 48, uh, Philly on top. And it's just like, oh, yeah. And then, okay. at, and then at the end of the game, yeah. it's 96 90. All right, the Pistons got a little groove going. Gone. Immediately. Another just shot in the wrist. Done. Terrible. It, it, there's just. You just feel helpless. Like, what What can you do? You know? You know Nothing. it's coming. Nothing. You can blame the injuries all you want because the Pistons have been riddled with injuries. Blake Griffin missed the first 11 games of the season and has not looked healthy since. Luke Kennard has missed games. Derek Rose, t- Derek Rose has missed games. Reggie Jackson has played, hasn't played since after the second game of the year. You know, Kyrie Thomas, another guy that's been out. Probably would never have helped the Pistons this year, but just another guy that you don't have available. Um, you know, Andre Drummond missed a few games with it was that with his eye issue. Uh, you know, Bruce Brown missed the game tonight against. Um, oh my God, the Sixers! I, it's like I, I I can't even remember these things because it's all just been so blah. It's all right. been so boring. It, it, it's all been so like Ryan said. You know what's coming. You know a loss is coming. You know. A pathetic performance is coming. And I've been a little bit out of the loop like today, uh, because I mean I've been so busy with work and some things. But there Luke Kennard put out a quote about how he's not the same player he was at the beginning of the year because of injuries. Like that that kills me right there. Re- hearing that, seeing that quote, whatever it was, like terrible. And then Blake, can we just talk for a minute? What the hell is Blake doing in the lineup? Can we just can we just hit on this? This is the elephant in the whole I thing know. for the Pistons. Yeah, what is Blake doing on the court? Just shut him down. It, I, it's there's no reason for it. I don't know if it's Blake who's forcing himself into the lineup and forcing his way onto the court, but if he's trying to, you cannot let him. It's so irresponsible on so many levels, from Casey to the trainers to Blake himself if he's making the push for it. Honestly, to Stefanski and Goris. Like, this is this is your franchise guy, essentially. Him and yep. Dre. Him and Dre, right? And you're going to... He's clearly got a bad left knee. Clearly bothering him like no other. He's got the flu. The guy can't move. The guy can't play. He's a shell of himself right now. And that's so hard for me to say as a, you know, pretty much a Blake stand. I won't lie. I think I've just been pretty apparent. Uh-huh. Big Blake guy over here. What is he doing? Shut it down. He's hurting the Pistons. It, it's hurt. He's hurting himself. He's hurting the Pistons. And part of me feels like maybe, just maybe, and this sucks, last year was Blake's final stand. It's very oh, possible. Don't get even better? say that. Oh. Is it even going to get better? Wow. If he's going to keep playing, it, is it going to get better? Or was if, last if, year Blake's lat final stand? Well, if he keeps playing and, and, and doesn't just sit down and rest and miss some time, then it might be. Because the way he's playing right now, he is taking away you know, any chance the Pistons have of competing. Because he goes out there and he's shooting 2 of 16 from the field. He's, you know, it, terrible numbers. He's turning the ball over. He's not playing defense. He is not helping them by being on the court. He, he needs to sit on the bench. He needs to be getting all the training attention possible, and he needs to get healthy. He doesn't have the explosion he had last year, the ability to get up. He is not moving nearly as well. Everything in his shot is all his upper body. Yep. There's no leg. There's no, There's nothing lower body about his shot because nope. it doesn't even look like he can really give it his lower body. 
at that point, what are you doing? He's all arms on his shot. Everything's so flat up top. I mean, his shot's always been a little flat, but this year especially. That's why every single one of his shots that's is That's why short. he is shooting, what, 25% right now from three as compared to, what, like 36.8 or whatever it was last year? And he can't get by anyone on the drive because he has no explosion. He has no good first step, so he's forcing everything. And everything he forces is a bad decision. Yeah. He, you he, can tell he's frustrated that he can't do what he's used to doing. Right. Which means it's, hey, time to shut it down. It's time to rest. It's time to recover. You know, the big thing going into last year was how the offseason prior, he was able to just spend getting better and not recovering from injury. Like, he was just, he was healthy. You know, and finally he was able to really work on his game rather than just recover. And you saw what he could do once he took some time to work on his game, adjust, and be ready to go. Now, end of last year, he gets hurt. He spends the offseason through a recovery mode, and it's just there's and no he time. He doesn't fully recover. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but he doesn't fully recover. No, in fairness, he doesn't. He's forcing the issue now, and you're seeing half of what Blake is capable of doing. what Half of what a healthy Blake is capable of doing. And it, it, it's just, you look at the record, they're 11-20. and 20. They're 0-8 combined versus Charlotte, Chicago, and Milwaukee, or excuse me, and Washington. Miserable. Th- three teams not in the playoffs. Miserable. 0-8. Come on what, what are supposed to be bottom feeders. Turns out you're a bottom feeder as yeah. well. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, Aaron and I were both Heck, at the even Chicago if you go six game. And, even if you go 6-2 and two instead of 0-8. Oh right. But, you know, you're talking about a different team right now. And I'm like, ah, you know, they've, they've gone through it, you know, but they're right around 500. You know, they're in the playoffs. I mean, hell, even if they go 4-4 four and four instead of 0-8, oh you know, you, you mean just like anything. It's it, seriously, it, that you know, that's been their kryptonite. And, and the problem with that is their schedule's only getting tougher. Well, they don't get to play these same teams again. Aaron, they don't get these chances. You and I were both at that Chicago game, and it's just the Pistons could never pull away. They could never pull away. And then, you know, Kobe White comes in and just a bucket off the bench, finished with 20 or 20-something. Dude couldn't miss at first. Just did just it. couldn't miss. miss at first. I was like, I, what are we he was, watching right And he now? was pissed when he got pulled in the fourth oh, quarter. Yeah. Like, he was mad. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I don't blame you, dude, because you're killing it right now. He was a walking bucket. Dude. The funny thing is, Kobe White, you know, throughout the last month or so, has been, like, either super hot like he was against the Pistons, or he's super cold and he finishes with, like, two points on one of eight shooting. Is it coincidental that he had a super hot game against the Pistons? No. I mean, of course he did. God, just... That's it, an of course. It's Come like on. Andre, Andre in the first quarter... Looked like a man out there, killing it. I think he had eleven and seven after the first quarter, and he finished with maybe nineteen and fourteen. And it's just like Chicago had no answers. Where did you go the rest of and the game? Then, your final three quarters statistics were not even as good as your first quarter statistics. Like, where did you go? You know, where did this team go? Just. And, and, they, and you let Chicago hang around and hang around, and then they pulled away. And when you let a bad team hang around, uh, they're probably going to come out and they're going to catch fire at some point. If you're you know? letting a bad team hang around and beat you consistently, you're a bad team as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no way to shake it differently for the Pistons. They're just a bad team. 
So I guess that begs the question on my end, and I'll pose it to Aaron. GM Aaron, where do we go from here? You you get ready to blow it up. You don't trade Blake yet because Blake's value is certainly lowest the lowest it's ever been since he was since he's become a piston. Maybe but, since he's hit the NBA. Like let's just possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, this that's is very, his lowest value in his career. But you start fielding offers for Drummond. I know that there are people that say if you rebuild, keep Drummond for the rebuild. And I disagree with that because he's going to be what, 27, 28 on you know, a five year deal, four year deal, whatever. He doesn't fit the timeline. He doesn't. And Drummond's a good player. He's been playing good basketball recently. And I get that. But you can get value you for have him. To, to rebuild, you have to acquire assets. Assets primarily being draft picks or young players with upside. You don't go and acquire assets while keeping Andre Drummond. Drummond's game is based off his athleticism at the rim and, and, and those kind of things, you know, his jumping ability. You know, let's say the Pistons are ready in three, four seasons. And that's a big question mark. If they really tear it down, you're you're going to be paying Andre Drummond $40 million at the age of 30, 31, you know, to, to be your starting center, your, one of your franchise players with a super young team as a 30, 31-year-old center in the NBA. That's not a good plan. Drummond is a good player, and Drummond will play very well on a team in need of a big, you know, where he can be, you know, the third or fourth guy, he will be very good. You need to get some actual value, though, for the way that your team needs to rebuild, whether it's first-round picks or a first-round pick, uh, you know, young players. You have to do that, and I get it. Drummond has been at Piston for a very long time. He's had a great career in Detroit. He's done a lot of great things. He has embraced the city. But you have to move on from him if you are rebuilding. And that's what, if I was the GM of the Pistons, would be doing. (coughs) I would be trading Andre Drummond. I would be trading Derrick Rose. And, you know, from there on out, I'm listening for offers on anyone else that would have value. You know, Markeith Morris, uh, Tony Snell. Those kind of guys. Langston Galloway, absolutely. And then, you know, you play your young guys. Bruce Brown, you're going to continue to develop as a point guard because that's where the Pistons should be looking at him uh, until they draft or get a better point guard on the roster. That's where Bruce Brown should should be being developed because you have multiple wings that you need to be giving minutes to in Kennard and Sfima Hailuk and Kyrie Thomas when he comes back because yes the Pistons should especially if they're blowing it up and rebuilding that you know spending this year tanking whatever you should be giving minutes to Kyrie Thomas because you need to make sure that there's a there's not a player there because you can't just let him walk and let him go off and do great things you know you know, become a player somewhere else. You have to give him that opportunity to show that he belongs in the NBA on your team, especially if you're going to be tanking. You'll have those minutes. You'll have that opportunity. You know, give Seiko minutes. Give Christian Wood minutes. And and, and get ready for, for an offseason where you have to do your due diligence in a tough draft where there's not a ton of talent, but you need to make sure that you're getting the right guy and the right guys. You know, you need to be adding the right kind of players to your locker room. Already start planning for the next offseason. Start looking at veterans. 
that you can put in this locker room throughout the rebuild. Uh, you know, and you just got to go through that now. You just got to get it over with. You got to start the process. And that's the big thing for the Pistons. At some point, they have to realize that they have to hit the button. They have to realize that they have to blow it up. They have to realize there's no ending in sight where this team does anything of real significance with the roster in place. They're not close to winning anything meaningful. And they don't have the assets to add a player that will make doing something meaningful possible. If they end up as the 8th seed again this year, just to get swept by the Milwaukee Bucks, what does that accomplish? It doesn't accomplish anything. Four more games mean nothing. When you know that the ceiling has been reached with this team and it sucks that all these injuries have happened because we talked about how different of a year it could have been without so many injuries but we also said worst case scenario if this team suffers the injuries that they have the potential to then they're in for one hell of a bad ride and break the glass worst case scenario is here everyone's hurt everyone's missing time your starting point guard played the first two games of the season and has been out with a mystery back injury since. And the updates have been very slim. They have not had any detail in them, and you haven't heard from him. Your starter, your star player missed the first 11 games of the year, and has come back, and has played about two, three good games. Everything else he's been junk in. Everything that is, could go wrong for the Pistons has gone wrong for them. And that is why they have to blow it up. They have to start selling the assets, recouping young talent, adding draft picks, clearing cap space, and just hit the button now. Do not wait. Do not get to the point where Andre Drummond's walking in free agency for nothing, where Langston Galloway's walking in free agency for nothing. Get assets. So, Brendan, now to you with this. We talk talk here about getting assets, moving players, um, but as we've seen, it's not that easy. Um, getting the right value for your talent, not easy. What sure. you perceive as your talent on your team, not easy. Pulling off this kind of trade is just not something that's just, hey, here you go, I want this back, great. And as, if, as you can, if you read Twitter, all not that Twitter opinions matter, but nobody around the league, no fan base, values anything Detroit has on their roster. No one. There's no value for anything. And you can't blame them. There's no, like, they don't value anything on the Detroit roster. When you see these Twitter trades come through, that's not my point here, but no one values anything Detroit has. So, being that Andre Drummond is an all-star caliber player, yet he's an old-school style player kind of at the same time, not necessarily new NBA, what do you assess his value as, and what what realistically do you think the Pistons could get back in the trade? God, that's a tough question. Because to me, it, it, it depends the makeup of your roster. But, like, if I'm Atlanta, I think Dre's worth a first-round pick. Because I think him pairing up with Trey Young is that good. But... You know, if I'm a team like Boston, well, maybe Dre's worth a first-round pick. and Well, first-round pick from Boston isn't that significant anyways, given it's going to be a late first-round pick. So, 
you know, you look at the case of Atlanta. Atlanta's going to give up if they trade away their first round pick. Aren't they about pretty, six and twenty three right now? I was going to so? say they're, they're, I'm trying. I was going to check in the standings exactly where they sit. They don't even have their first round pick. Really? No, they added the first round pick from the Luca trade. I'm pretty sure they added. No, yeah, they yeah. added the pick, but Atlanta's not trading their first round yeah, pick exactly. this year for Drummond. Exactly. So. I guess at that point, yeah, maybe you get a future first-round pick. You get a, a protected next year's first-round pick, you know. So Dre's value is not that high. To me, it's more about taking the step of moving forward. And you don't want to sell for nothing. Because at that point, why not just let Dre play out and, and let him walk? But if you can acquire even a future first-round pick, if you can acquire a young piece that helps you going forward, to me, that's worth it. And it's also just about taking that step of we're moving on. We're moving on from this era. We're moving on from the Reggie and Dre pairing. You you let Reggie walk. You try to trade D-Rose for whatever you can get. And it's not entirely about the return. It's just about I hate saying addition by subtraction because it sounds so disrespectful to Dre, and that's not how it's intended. But it's just the, well, we don't have something to fall back on, so we have to move forward. Because I tend to agree. I know I do agree because I have to say the value, the the return you're going to get in an Andre Drummond deal is not going to be what a lot of people want it to be or expect it to be here in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get as much as you're really looking for. I think you I I can't put a price on it cuz I'm not 100% sure, but people are saying, "Oh, he's worth multiple firsts <coughs> or he's worth a really good young piece and a first." I don't think you're getting that. No. I don't, I don't think the value in a trade for him is there. I don't think anything the Pistons have is going to really net you anything overly exciting. It's more about just move but at the same time Freeing up the cap space. Freeing up the cap space for what, fellas? You don't. Oh, you, you have a bunch of young pieces, and you're not bringing in any superstar free agents. So, what are you freeing up the space for? You free it up so it's available when you need it. You don't tie it up in a guy like Andre Drummond, because well, for what I already stated, you don't want to be paying him thirty million dollars, forty million dollars when he's thirty years old, and your team, you know, it's maybe. If you're lucky, just starting to get ready to start competing for a playoff spot. You want to have that cap space available so that when the time comes, you can make that big trade if you have enough young assets to where you want to try to go get a big-name player. Or if you can get a free agent, you just want to have the cap space available. It's a principle of a rebuilding team. You don't want to have your cap space locked up in veterans that Yeah, I think the Pistons have the seventh highest payroll right now or something stupid. It's in the top ten. Yeah. I, I mean for this? For this. For this product. The thing is, it, it's also it, it's not about next year. It's not about freeing it up so you have it this upcoming off season. It's about the off season after that. It's about hey, if you have two years at the bottom of the standings this year and next, and you get two first round picks, quality first round picks out of that, and you're building with Bruce and with Luke, two picks. You still have guys like Christian Wood on the roster. Uh, you know where's Jordan Bone at that point? Where's Seku? Now you go out hopefully in, in, in that second off season, right? So not this upcoming one, but the following. 
you have Sekou, Bruce, Luke, one or two picks in place, and, and maybe one's a starter, maybe one's more of a reserve. He's a Luke Kennard type. will take a few years before he's starting caliber. And now you go out and you make that signing that takes you to the next level. Maybe Bruce Brown isn't the long-term point guard. Maybe he's not the starting point guard for you. Maybe you upgrade at that position. Maybe you realize, hey, Sekou's going to be better for us coming off the bench. I hope not. But God, that would be miserable. Wouldn't it be? That'd be miserable. But you know what? Hey, maybe he's not ready to start consistently. Maybe he's a really nice sixth man, second unit player, player for us. We go out and we sign that big guy. Or, hey, maybe we have a nice young starting five with some, some quality upside. And you really add some nice veteran pieces to round out that second unit that you can plug in when needed into the starting lineup and avoid drop-off. Example, a guy like a Markeith Morris that the Pistons signed this year. He's turned out to be a real nice signing for them. He's done some nice things, being able to start in a pinch. He's had a couple nice games. You know, some guys like that that just take you from young with upside to some experience, some savvy, some leadership, and knowing how to play in the postseason and helping those young guys through it. I think that's the the ideal look at the next three years for Detroit. You you said a whole lot here. And it was a lot of good stuff. Um, but I just want to hit on one thing. Just a small thing. Um, it really means nothing. But last year, last year, we said that it wasn't about this season. It's about next season. Meaning this season, right? And now we're saying it's not about this upcoming off season. It's about the next one. And I hate that we keep yep. doing this because I feel like we've yep. been doing we have been doing this for the last twelve at least, years. At least the differences. At least the differences. This would mean it's different. Like it was. I know. It's like it's a diff, It's going to be a different core. It's going to be a different I, players. I understand. It's going to be a different approach. It's just it, I know when you said it, I was like, <gasps> it was like a bullet in the chest, man. Yeah. A bullet in the heart. Like because we said last year, it's not about this season. It's about next season. Right. And now we're, it's not about this off season. It's about next off. And season. the thing is, and it, just something we keep. It's cyclical, man. It just keeps happening. It's, it's all we talk about. It sucks, and it just it sucks that you know Reggie's gotten hurt. And Blake's been hurt and sick and whatever else. And, and you just haven't been able to find that rhythm because then you've had the combination of, you know, Derek missing tonight, him resting here and there, somebody else being out, obviously Bruce and Luke being out. Like, And, and we talk about the draft and hopefully drafting solid young talent. I got a little something I'm going to put out there, not right now, but I'll, I'll give my player to watch for the draft like I did with Seku, and people kind of laughed at me for saying we could get Seku, and here he is. So I'll put my player out there sometime in the future that, hey, keep an eye on this guy. This is a prospect to watch for the Pistons. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. Okay, so we, we talked about, we never really got into what you know a, a potential trade could look like for Drummond. And we've done that before, but you know, let's talk about an actual trade idea. The Pistons reportedly... Or excuse me, the Hornets reportedly had interest in Drummond earlier this season. So if the Hornets want Drummond, and earlier this season when we were uh, talking about this, the thoughts of oh maybe the Pistons can snag a Devonte Graham could happen, but uh, that's not no, happening that's now. That's not happening at all. Uh, so here's what a more realistic trade scenario could look like: Andre Drummond to the Charlotte Hornets for Nicholas Batum. Malik Monk and the Hornets' 2020 first-round pick. 
Do you say yes or no? I think that, yeah. I I'm I don't think you're getting any better value than that. How Even, long no matter who's who it's with. Batum's got two more years on his deal. Yes. Picking up a guy like Batum, you're you're gonna have to take something hey, like that on. Batum's your guy. He, he's your he's your floater for preparing for uh, Seku. Seriously, I mean he's there your it forward is. It's, Seku it's gets there. taking it's, on a Malik Monk, which I'm okay with because I think think there can be something there, and then taking on their first round pick this year. I still think that's a team that's going to end up in the lottery. So, I'm not mad at it. That's not the best value in the world, but you're not getting anything better really from anyone. It's going to be a lot of the same from any team that's interested. Yep. At the end of the day, Nicholas Patum is a guy that, you know, you have to pay him for the rest of this year and for next season. And I know I just said that I don't want the Pistons taking on money and having to, you know, be paying guys. I want to have clear cap sheets. And that somewhat goes against what I said, but not really because the Pistons don't need money next season. They need money down the line when that player becomes available through trade, through free agency, whatever. This Batum deal, you know, they're done with it after the 2020-2021 season. Uh, and then you take a flyer on Malik Monk because he's 21 years old. And he was a top prospect coming into the league. You just take a flyer on him because there was some talent there and he's still young. And maybe, just maybe, he, for some reason, wasn't in the best situation for him. And he gets onto a team where maybe he can find himself a bit of a role. Uh, You know, find some of that talent that he came into the league with. Hit some of that promise and potential that teams liked in him. Uh, so you take a flyer on him, and then you get the first-round pick, which, you know, whether it ends up still being a lottery pick or the Hornets are able to use Drummond to get into the playoffs, which I think with the way Devontae Graham has been playing, and, and, and they have Miles Bridges, they have P.J. Washington, who I know is injured right now but it's going to be back shortly, uh, you know, they'll have the pieces there to be more competitive. Drummond surely makes them more competitive, and, you know, maybe they, they stay in the trade market and are able to add something else to that team, you know, maybe a two guard, um, you know, or something that gets them over the hump there. Uh, so, you know, whether it's a playoff team and, you know, it's a, a 15, 16, 17 pick or it's a back end of the lottery pick, Detroit can either use that, you know, as they would a normal pick or they could try to package it with their own pick and move up as high as they can in the draft to, you know, go get this one player that they really like. Uh, but the big thing is it, it gives Detroit another asset in two, or two to work with. And I think that's important, getting those assets back. Drummond's value isn't as high as a lot of people within Detroit perceive it to be. I know, I believe it was Rod Beard that tweeted out he wouldn't imagine the Pistons hitting more um, than, you know, uh, he, he didn't imagine, I can't remember exactly what the the wording of it was, but he couldn't imagine it being too big of a return for Drummond. So and I think this falls into in the parameters of a very balanced trade. You're not going to see me argue, Aaron. It's You're just not going to get back the value we would hope to get for guys like Dre or Blake or anything like that. So it's, it's almost selling at, you know, not half price, but on sale. It's where Detroit sports are at. It's, it's where we're at. Sell low and buy high. I mean, it's just... You have to accept reality sometimes. And, and the thing is, Batum is a guy we talk about. It's not about this offseason. It's about the next. His contract works out to that. 
Malik Monk, you mentioned being 21 and a guy you take a flyer on. And again, if it doesn't work, he's a backup wing. You know, flyers are something you could afford to take with the direction this team necessarily has to go in. You know, invest your first round pick, which probably if Charlotte you know acquires Dre, it's still probably a fifteen, a fourteen to sixteen pick. Maybe it's a little bit better. I still think it's a little bit better. Maybe, not, I mean, not like top six, seven. Or maybe it's like that, maybe but, it's like between ten and fifteen. Yeah, you know, so you still can go out and acquire a, a valuable piece in the ten to fifteen range. So you take your first round pick, you take the 10 to 15 first round pick, you add that to a couple of your young pieces there, you keep developing Seku, Batum helps you kind of on the carryover. Maybe Christian Wood becomes a starter and you see what he can do in that role. I, I mean, the thing is, the I don't Pistons, hate it. The Pistons could be able to squeeze some first round picks out of Langston Galloway and Derrick Rose. And that's the big thing that I'm watching. Detroit's going to get some you know, some value for Andre Drummond, but they could end up getting a couple decent assets for Derrick Rose and Langston Galloway, mm-hmm. which is crazy to say about Galloway after the season he had last year. But you look at the way that he's played this year, and you got to think that a playoff team, both in his and in Rose's case, would give up their first round pick, whether 100%. it's this year or next year or two years from now. Not you know, and, and that's the thing. Detroit shouldn't load up on first round picks this year. This is not a very highly touted draft class. If they can get you know, let's I, I don't even need them to get another first round pick for this year. What you know, they can get it for next year or the year after, whatever. Get those first round picks, um, you know, in some fashion and and see what happens. But those are guys that, you know, are gonna if the Pistons want to get assets and they start that rebuild, those are two guys that should bring in positive returns. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead, Brendan. You know, I don't disagree. It's just it's just a change of direction. That's the big it's thing. It's just needed. It's just needed. We've been in this direction for, like we keep saying, a decade. Maybe it's not the same players, but it's Charlie V and Ben Gordon. It's Josh Smith. It's Andre and Reggie. It's huh? bringing in Blake. It's the same direction. Do you know why people? You know why people are not bitching about the Tigers right now? Not to switch sports, but Detroit sports fans will understand this. You know why people aren't complaining? It's because you know what? The time came. They knew they needed to blow it up. They blew it up. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't go out and try to fake compete. And end up with like the seventh pick in the draft, which I know in baseball, really you can you could still get a stud with the seventh pick. But the point is, they've went out and they've said, "Listen, we're going to be the worst team." They're now going to have back-to-back number one overall picks. They've got a ton of young pitching coming up. Now they've gone out and said, "Okay, we're going to bring in a couple, you know, more veteran." I'll put this in air quotes: power hitters. Hey, I like those 22 signings. home runs a year, power yeah, hitting. Right. No, I mean, I like Crown and uh, Shoop, whatever, but, you know, let's. it but, is what it is. But the point is, they didn't go out and try to fake act like they had something when they really didn't. They didn't go out and make a uh, an emotional move to just keep Detroit as not the worst team in the MLB. And they said, all right, we're going to acquire some picks, we're going to develop our, our, our young talent, and, and we're going to try to compete in three to five years. And that's why I'm not complaining. Honestly, I mean, when you, I'd rather go buy tickets and support the Tigers and, and know, like, hey, maybe that there is light at some point here than this dead end Pistons team. I mean, when you look at it, the Tigers have Mize and Manning as cornerstone pitchers coming up, and then Riley Green as a cornerstone piece in the middle of your lineup in the future. 
And then they're going to be putting up probably the number one, the number one overall pick. I mean, they've got pieces that exciting. Yes, we'll wait for it because it's exciting and we want to see it how it builds and how it grows. The Pistons, on the other hand, have been doing the same dance over and over and over again. And it's just time. Yeah. It, it's, it's time. Even it's, some of the diehards are like, hey, it, it's time. It hurts my heart because, like I've said a million times, I love Blake. And watching him play basketball for Detroit brings me joy. But it's just time. It's not there anymore. Seku is supposed to be your corner piece. Or one of the corner pieces, right? He just turned 19 today. He's a few years away. Which means this franchise is a few years away. Alright, so who's taking Seku to Canada? That's the real question. Right? <laughs> right? Boys. I mean, hey. Aaron, you gotta go to your first Canada trip. Maybe let's just take Seku with Sekou, us. Hey, I'm fine Aaron, with let's go. Party. Windsor, we're right there. Jeez. Well, after the night the Pistons had, Seku might need one of those kind of nights. <laughs> Drink those sorrows away. And after the the night the Pistons just had, I know I need one of those nights. So, uh, hmm. Seku on line one. Seku on line one. What's up, buddy? But, I mean, I, mean, I don't know, boys. It's just... So there I, was, I have nothing else to say, but it's time. There was, uh, you know, some chatter in the Palace of Pistons group chat earlier today. Talking about some young guys that hey we want to you know you know we would want the Pistons to try to go get whether they're flyers or just young pieces that you know could maybe find their way in the Pistons in a trade or whatnot. Uh, so I'll share my top five if I could find them in this chat. I'm pretty sure I remember them kind of in order. But so my top five guys in terms of guys that could maybe be, be available or maybe are worth a flyer on uh, were Harry Giles, who that is very consistent since last season. Uh, when I started talking about getting Harry Giles to the Pistons, I'm a big Harry Giles guy. Uh, Anthony Simons, another player that I like. Portland, you know, if Blake could get a little healthier and show that he's, you know, still a player, Portland, a team that could be looking for, you know, a, a, another big piece, well, that would work. I like Malik Beasley and Monte Morris from Denver. I'm not really sure what Detroit has that Denver would want. And it seems like they have already so many guys on the roster that need minutes. Um, you know, I'm not really sure where they're looking to upgrade. And then maybe a guy like Terrence Ferguson. I don't know. I was just kind of reaching for a fifth guy. Uh, some other names that were being thrown out there were, uh, were Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nitilikina. Um, Nahilakina. Nahilakina, fine. You know, they don't pay me to uh, pronounce last names right of NBA players. Who's paying you at all? <laughs> Shh. Um, but those are just some names that were thrown out there. Alonzo Ball, another name that was mentioned in the group chat. Um, but... You know some different guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I kind of got. I like the Simon's name. I like the Simon's name. Um, I don't know. It's just. I I don't have words, fellas. I just don't have words. It's tough. It's it's I just tough sledding right now. It's what the Pistons have done to it's us. It's a reset. It really needs to be reset. How do you get your hands on one of those young guys that could possibly help? How do you, what do you get back in return? For guys like Dre and Blake and Langston and yep. Derek, if you're able to trade them off, like it's a lot of decisions the front office has to make, and soon, and soon, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah, they can't. They can't sit. That's the big thing. They can't just sit and wait. You know, obviously, in a guy like Blake, you do, but you know, with some of the other guys, Drummond, Langston, Rose, you might as well start. You might as well start it. It's it's very sad. 
because you know no one wants to see a team have to tear it down and send guys packing and you know do all that kind of stuff the tough business decisions but at the end of the day those things happen it's you know an everyday kind of occurrence so but it's over you let's know just, it, has to, to the it has to happen it's over it never really was yeah bottom line how about uh, on a different note how about the drive being uh just a couple points away from 100 grand. And too bad Jordan Bone picked uh, his like one night to have a bad game. He struggled in that one. Obviously, they didn't have Seku, which hurt them. Seku was up with the Pistons, but you know, Dante Hall played pretty well, and you know, Todd Withers had a couple nice plays. But you know, I'm all for the Pistons using the G League to develop their guys. You know, it's it's really helped Jordan Bone, and you know, a lot of the hope is that Jordan Bone kind of has that season that Devontae Graham had last year in the G League. Uh, and he's able to use that to the point where next year he's able to come in and contribute at the NBA levels. I'm, I'm planting that flag. That's a future solid backup point guard. I'm planting that flag. Yeah. I like Jordan Bone a lot. I loved him at Tennessee. Loved watching him play ball. Because if more than the NBA, I love watching college basketball. And I was addicted to college basketball last year. I, couldn't, I loved watching Tennessee with Grant Williams and Bone and Admiral Schofield and it's just a good team. I know that's Aaron's team. I know Aaron loves Tennessee. Aaron's a big Tennessee guy. Big Tennessee Somewhere, guy. Aaron, big Tennessee Johnson. I don't know. Does uh, but does love uh, Jordan Bone, and now that he's put putting it on in the G League, come on now, Boston. Uh, you know, put uh, put Grant Williams in that Drummond package, and uh, we can chat. We can chat. Wow. Jesus, he's making the calls. Good. Danny Ainge, on line one. Hey, you made me the GM. No, so, who's uh, on line one. Danny Ainge is on line two. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. So I like that. That was good. Let's. Uh, I think we got to wrap on that note, boys. Yeah, I think we're boys, done here. Merry Christmas. How about hey, how about Merry this? Christmas. I got Merry I got, Christmas, I got one more thing for you. One Pistons wish for Christmas. If you had a Christmas wish for the Detroit Pistons, what would that be? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give mine. Put Blake somewhere nice. Put him in a nice. Put him in a nice place. <laughs> give him a nice home. Wow, that was mine, and you knew that was give mine. Him, I know you knew that was mine. Give him to a family that deserves him. My wish <laughs> is not taking too much of a discount when you move on from your top players. Fair enough. I.e. Andre Drummond. Fair enough. I just don't see him coming back. If, if a rebuild is the way they go, which I think we've discussed is the way they should go, please don't take, you know, uh, we'll take 60% off here. No. They're going to have to do it at a discount. Hopefully it's not too big of a discount. My wish is that the Pistons just have the kahunas and have the guts to actually do it. To just just take the Just step. pull that plug. To just pull the trigger. <laughs> Come on, pull the trigger. Reference Aaron. the movie. Reference the movie. No, no, people should see that movie. Division 3, football's finest. They... Guys, they it's, love this movie. It's, it is the single worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, come on. And these fellas love this movie. I'll tell you. And I cannot understand I don't love it. it. I, I thought it was a funny movie. No, they think, it's it. their, they think it's, like, I, you know, top quality, top no, notch. No, Listen, no, I'll quote that movie all day. I got no problem saying it. I thought it was funny. I didn't. I will quote that movie all day. Okay. Now put the knife away, Bobby. We're going to end on that. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. Before you go, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. <laughs> the personal pages are at A. Johnson NBA, at Ryan Pay, or at 
Media Brendan, or I should say instead of or it's and at Media Brendan. Uh, we're on Instagram at Palace Pistons. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube. You know the deal. You know where to find us. Have a great Christmas. Have a happy new year. We will see you in 2020. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.